0: Welcome to another special COVID-19 related episode. One of the goals of this podcast is to show you that you're not alone in this profession and feeling connected is especially important right now during this often isolating and trying time. One way to feel like you're part of a community is to hear from your colleagues. That's partly why we brought you the episode last week to give you a glimpse of what your peers are going through. That episode centered around two veterinarians' experiences working in the midst of the pandemic. Well, we wanted to hear from and include the people who make it possible for veterinarians to do the work that they do. Support staff. That's the technicians, licensed and non-licensed, practice managers, client care specialists, receptionists, kennel staff, and CVAs. They serve as the backbone of veterinary clinics and deserve so much recognition for their service. They're the primary people who are going out to the cars and speaking with clients in the parking lot. Like all essential workers, they're putting themselves at risk. But to the three support staff members at North Austin Animal Hospital that I spoke with, it's all worth it. In this episode, you'll hear from Victoria Barton, a licensed veterinary technician, Chrissy Blystone, the practice manager, and Izzy Freeman, a receptionist. Here they are.
1: I'm Victoria Barton. Um, I am one of the LVTs at North Austin Animal Hospital, and my role is to make sure that our furry patients, our scaly patients, and our feathered patients are taken care of, along with our clients, um, and as well as working with all aspects of our hospital, from our kennel staff to our receptionist, um, to make sure that we all function
2: as a team. Okay, and Izzy? Yeah, hi, my name is Izzy and I am one of the receptionists here at North Austin Animal Hospital and my role just involves like taking care of the clients as well as like any back end communication between doctors and staff. And then Chrissy.
3: I am the hospital manager here at North Austin Animal Hospital. My role is to oversee um, all the
0: staff and the doctors and everything that comes with it. Okay. Got it. So what I've heard is support staff are really the people that are on the front lines. Like you guys are the people that are interacting most with clients right now. Um, which is really important that, um, you know, our president, Dr. Bruker, he recently, um, put out a video just expressing appreciation for support staff right now. And so I like this episode to be about, um, making sure you guys are seen and heard and acknowledging that all the hard work you're doing, you're out on the front lines. So um, I'd like that to really be the purpose of this for you guys to really share what it's like. So Victoria, can you tell me about a typical day for you right now in the physical interactions you're having with clients? So a
2: typical day
1: for us at North Austin on the technician and um, is going to be dependent on, on where we're scheduled. So some of us are going to be scheduled with a doctor. We, we're going to have a doctor that's in surgery, and then we're going to have a technician that is in treatment. So they're taking care of all of our tech appointments that don't need to see a doctor or our patients that are hospitalized. Um, so depending on, on the day and, and where I'm scheduled kind of depends on my interaction. Um, Even if I'm scheduled as the treatment tech or a room tech or as a surgery tech, I still have to interact with those clients. I still have to get on the phone and get their history, get permission to do what the doctors are asking us to do. I have to run out to the car and grab that patient. At the end of the day, I have to take that patient back to the car, um, to that owner, um, and answer their questions if I didn't answer them while they were on the phone. So there is a ton of client interaction, even though we're only doing curbside. Um, It is... Sometimes it's really difficult to talk to our clients when you're in a mask um, and it's 80 degrees outside and they've got 30 questions for you and you're trying to answer them um, and make sure that their pet's taken care of, that they have everything they need, that there's no more questions, there's no more concerns. So it, it can, It's a little rough going from not being able to interact with them in a room, but just being able to interact with them via phone or taking their pet to the car or getting their pet out of the car um so it's it's been a little difficult but it's also been really great and the fact that um it really amps up communication in the hospital between your sports staff um if somebody can't get to something you can ask somebody else to hey can you grab this for me or hey you know if you see they're they're busy step in and help them where you can so it's made a big difference in communication and how we work as a staff north austin's really really great in the fact that We don't have a great divide between the front of the house and the back of the house. We're all in it together, and we all work together to get everything done. Um, And everybody has a role to play, and that role is super important in everything we do.
0: So, Chrissy, I'd like to bring you in. Um, You know, Victoria just said communication has improved. It's so important. What, What can you tell us about the communication among staff?
3: Um, yeah, so with COVID-19, it definitely uh, provided for some challenges um, to change our communication and how we were doing that, both with support staff to our clients and their pets um, on the changes to protocols and how we were handling things among COVID-19, as well as just um in support staff communication. You know, we had a lot of protocols that changed. We weren't allowing clients in the house any longer. Um, we were m- trying to minimize all the support staff's direct contact with clients um, while still maintaining quality patient care. So, um, you know, communication, you know, setting protocols on how that communication was going to be handled. Who was handling which parts of communication? Um, you know, where the 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 receptionists, what their role was, informing the clients about our contactless curbside protocols prior to the appointment. Um, being able to field any of their questions, and then um, you know the, the technicians in secondarily working with clients and communicating with them over the phone instead of face to face. know obviously it presents some challenges but I think that you know here at our hospital it really um, everybody really stepped up to the plate and uh, communication internally we didn't have a lot of issues with Um, so we did month we did weekly meetings we moved our every other week to weekly meetings so we could all be on the same page we had typed up COVID protocols but it just seemed like the staff really arose to this challenge of the changes, and um, it kind of seamlessly just increased their communication with each other and helping each other out as a team, so it was really, really awesome to see the support staff kind of rise to the occasion when we were faced with everything with COVID initially.
0: And, you know, um, as being a part of the TVMA staff, that actually has happened to us too. I feel like the communication um, among all of our staff members, we're just communicating even more uh, frequently. So I can definitely uh, relate to that. Um, So Izzy, as the receptionist, uh, Chrissy was just talking about that. What are some questions that you've been fielding that are related to COVID?
2: Um, we are getting a lot of questions about like clients just wanting to make sure that they are safe as well as their pets being safe. And we've had a, a few clients express concern, like, "Ah, oh, like I'm not going to be there for my pet for the appointment. Like, are they going to do like, okay, or how is that going to be handled? Um, and so we've just sent a lot of client reassuring that like their pet is going to be handled with the best care that they can possibly receive and that they'll still be able to get to talk to the doctor, even though they won't get to see them face To face. We've had a lot of clients just like express concern of like, oh, I'm high risk for COVID, so is it safe for me to come to you guys? And we've taken extra precaution with like every client and every client interaction. Um, But I would say those are the biggest concerns and questions that we've had from clients. Got it. Okay.
0: So I want to know how all you feel when you walk into the clinic. So, Victoria, how do you feel when you first walk in? Do you, have feelings of, you feel safe? Or are you worried? Honestly, I feel really safe. North Austin, from
1: Chrissy all the way down to, you know, the chief of staff, the co-chief of staff, all of the doctors, their main priority not only are the pets coming to the hospital, but the staff. Um, they make sure that we feel safe. Um, when we round in the morning, if something has changed with the COVID protocol, After we've gone through, okay, this is what's going to change, and this is what we have to do. Are you guys okay with this? Is anybody not okay with this? What can we do to make you feel okay? Um, They're very, very concerned with us as staff members. Um, And that's a really big thing, I think, with COVID is, you know, I've seen a lot of technicians, and I've talked to a lot of technicians, that their hospitals aren't like North Austin their chief of staff and a practice manager do not care about the safety of the staff. Whereas I work with really great people that truly care about how we feel and do we feel safe doing what we do. Um, we're a really lucky hospital. I have an entire staff of people that are there for their pets and the clients. Um, but we also know that if at any point we ever feel unsafe going to Chrissy or going to Dr. Harris or going to Dr. and saying, Hey, like I'm not comfortable with this. You know what can we do to fix it they're gonna step up to that plate and they're gonna they're gonna say let's try X Y and Z and see if that makes you comfortable Um, and as as support staff having that is immensely immensely making it much easier to come to work like honestly I come to work and I love going to work I don't ever feel unsafe going in that door our staff is constantly cleaning things we're constantly making sure that each other is okay and that each other doesn't need anything um and so having that makes this global pandemic working in this global
3: pandemic much easier to work in that's great that's great to hear um and Chrissy how do you feel um so yeah so you know overall going into the clinic um I feel kind of similar of what Victoria, um, you know, every day kind of holds new challenges. You never know um, as a manager, what's going to be happening when you come into the clinic or what's happening with individual employees, um, you know, on the weekends or outside of the clinic, is someone going to get sick? How is that going to affect our protocol? Um, But during all this, I feel like I kind of already touched on, I I love coming to work. I've always enjoyed coming to work. I love our hospital. but this has just really brought the team together, with a lot of team camaraderie, and I I enjoy coming to my hospital even more, um, knowing I'm getting to work with people that have been uh, really fluent in the changes that have been understanding. We haven't had, you know, people upset, um, you know, even if hours are cut and we're not as busy. Um, so I just, among all this, where you think he would feel uncomfortable coming to a place or having to be an essential worker um, and dealing with the public, uh, I really haven't experienced any of that. It's been um, kind of a pleasure to work through this with our team.
0: That's so good. Um, So, you know, what you were saying is you're noticing that clients are pretty understanding. So Izzy, what's the general vibe that you've received from clients?
2: Everyone is very, very, very thankful that we're still open for their pets and everyone has been really understanding of our new protocol. Everyone's been really just like, everyone has been really grateful that we're here for them. Um, So I would say the negativity we've gotten is very, very, very minimal. Um, It's all been really good responses.
0: So I'm curious if there's any stories that come to mind, you're talking about clients that are very grateful. Uh, Does anything stand out to you where you've had, like, oh, wow, this was a good day? You know, you, you guys all talk about how you enjoy your job. Is there something that stands out to you that's like, oh, this is one of those days that reminds me, like, why
2: I like working here? Yeah, we actually had a client that made a bunch of masks for us, and she just like dropped them off and was like, Thank you for guys, like, thank you guys for being open for the public. Thanks for being here for everybody. Like, here's how I wanna say my thanks. And it was just really um, rewarding to see that people on the outside are also like, they realize that we are at risk um, and we are on the front lines, but they're so grateful and they're so thankful. Um, So it's nice to get appreciation like that from clients.
0: And Victoria? I mean, in all
1: honesty, off of what Izzy said, most of our clients have been really, really great. Um, we have very few clients that have had any issues with the change in protocol. And it is really nice to see some of these newer puppies coming in and hearing owners go, oh, you guys are still open and you're still going to give my puppy vaccines. And you know, you guys are still here and you're going to do that. It's, it's really great to be like, yeah, that's, you know, our job is here to make sure that your puppy is safe during this time. Like we need to make sure your puppy vaccinated or we need to make sure that your, you know, dog gets spayed or your dog gets neutered because that's essential. It's important to the health of the pet. And so it's been really nice to have those clients tell us, thank you. Um, I know we've had a client send us cookies from a bakery. And of course, like we wipe everything down, but just the, just the client saying, thank you um, is, has been really nice to hear because it's not something we generally hear a lot of. It's very few and far between. We hear clients tell us, thank you. Um, So it's been really nice to hear that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just to be acknowledged for what you're doing and it's essential. So it's just like, you know, you're supposed to be doing this work, but it's so nice to get that feedback and, um, you know, what you're doing really matters and makes a difference in, um, animals and clients lives. Um, So Chrissy, do you have any stories that come to mind?
3: Yeah, I mean, with client um, appreciation, like Victoria said, you know, there was a client that sent us cookies. We actually just had another really good client um, two days ago who brought us by Tiny Pies, a big box of the Tiny Pies. Um, And she hasn't even, I don't even think her and her pet have had to do anything with us during all of the COVID stuff. So they hadn't even been here. Um, but she just is an amazing client and has an amazing, uh, pet and she knew, you know, what we're going through and that we're still open. And so that was really awesome of her. I think, you know, we are lucky. I talk with a lot of different managers, um, within our group and I feel like we have been very lucky with our clients and their understanding and their accepting of, um, you know, all the changes and policies because I don't feel like every hospital gets that. So. Um, we've been really blessed to have that. Um, I think, you know, also some of the things we kind of took for granted before all this started was simple things like showing owners how to administer insulin, um, showing owners how to do sub-Q fluids. Um, we've had two pets in particular that became diagnosed with diabetes, uh, during all of this. And one of them is an elderly, um, client who actually is a part of the LEAD program,
0: The LEAP program is a program of the Texas Veterinary Medical Foundation, and it stands for Lending Economic Assistance for Pets. It used to be called the PALS program, Pets Assisting the Lives of Seniors. The foundation recently changed its name to reflect its new partnerships with nonprofit organizations that go beyond Meals on Wheels. This means the recipients are not just seniors. Part of the description of the TVMF LEAP program is it provides much-needed veterinary care free of charge to animals belonging to economically disadvantaged community members. Each pet enrolled in the LEAP program receives an annual exam, one-year supply of flea and heartworm preventative, necessary vaccines, and other services, including dentals, mass removals, and antibiotics. For more information about the LEAP program, please visit tvmf.org we
3: have probably 20 plus um, LEAP program clients and then they have multiple pets that we work with. Um, We have their pictures up in our lobby, some of their primary, um, you know, clients with their pets. And it's just really amazing to be able to help these people and their appreciation, even though we never hardly ever, we never have face-to-face contact with these people because the program has volunteers that actually bring them, their pets to us for their appointments and drop-offs. Um, so we never get to see these people face-to-face, but I know I've talked with people numerous, numerously over the phone and just the over, overall gratitude. They're so happy that their pets are able to receive this care that they wouldn't be able to provide. And they all seem to be very happy with the way we provide the care and reach out to check on their pets afterwards.
0: And you know, I think we should shout out to Dr. Chad Harris. Um, he's the chief of staff at North Austin Animal Hospital, and he's also the president of the foundation. So I'm sure that plays a role into the buy-in of the LEAP program. Um, and something that I found so interesting, um, I interviewed doctors Nicole Bertolini and Anna Foster. Um, and something we talked about was physical touch, how it's actually very important in veterinary medicine. I never thought about that, especially when it comes to euthanasia. Um, Victoria, do you have anything you'd like to share about that? I mean, physical touch is, is
1: truly a huge part of, of what we do as support staff and, and for the veterinarians, like without being able to physically touch that pet, we may miss something very, very important, something very, very vital, um, the health of that pet. So you know, the fact that we're still able to bring pets into the hospital is a great thing because our doctors are able to physically put their hands on that pet and go, okay, I found, you know, this lump that you're talking about, let's do X, Y, Z, or, you know, hey, I found this lump that, you know, you did mention, like, do you know how long it's been there? And, you know, those things would get missed if we weren't actually able to physically touch that patient, you know, we could miss heart murmurs because we're not physically touching them or being able to physically listen to them. While I think telemedicine is a great thing, It's gonna like if it if it is something that becomes, you know, kind of the mainstay for veterinary medicine, we're gonna miss a lot of stuff doing telemedicine. We're gonna miss those heart rumors, we're gonna miss those lumps or those changes because we're not physically looking at that pet. We're going off of what the owner is saying. And those of us that work in veterinary medicine, we understand you know, different signs and symptoms and what they can mean for a pet, whereas an owner's gonna miss those very subtle signs that we see when they walk in our door.
0: Um, And then also when I talk about physical touch, just in terms of, you know, um, if a client had to, unfortunately, their pet, they had to say goodbye to their furry friend with um, euthanasia. Um, Have you seen any um, of those cases We've had a few. We haven't had very many,
1: um, but it is something that we all understand the human pet bond really well. As much as, you know, we would love to have the whole family in an exam room to say goodbye. It, it's just, it's not feasible with COVID. So we always let the clients know that one of you is going to come in, you know, you're going to be in full PPE. Our staff's going to be in full PPE and we'll take care of it. With one of you present, and you know, we always apologize to them for not being able to have the entire family present. Um, it's difficult with our really, really good clients that a lot of us have known for years and years, and we've become attached to that pet to not be able to give them a hug at the end of that euthanasia, and you know, really give them condolence. So for a lot of us, physical touch is a big part of not only the animal but interacting with that client. Um, and so having that kind of taken away during COVID's been been difficult. Um, but I think we, as a hospital have done a really good job of managing those clients that, you know, it's, if it's time for their pet, you know, if it's the end of the, if it's end of life stuff, we've done a really good job of of bringing them in and letting them say goodbye and taking care of their pet. Um, it's a good thing that most of our clients are really good clients and they truly do understand what's going on and that even if, you know, they're not going to be present, which we've had a couple that haven't been, um, They know that their pet's gonna get the best care even at the end of life when they're not with
0: them. And Chrissy and Izzy, do you have anything to say about the lack of physical touch in veterinary medicine that comes to mind? So, like Victoria kind of touched on, I think,
3: you know, not only that lack, you know, we're able to still touch the pets, but I think it depends on each person individually as to their own personal, you know, a, approach to connecting with clients and people. I am a very physical, emotional person, and so um, this has been difficult as a whole. You know, not being able to hug or touch extended family outside of my house. Um, same thing with the clients. You just see that kind of come through. There's been so many times where I've been out in the parking lot, mask on, talking to a client who's in their car and you kind of hit that moment where, you know, they're really grateful for something or something's going on and you've kind of had that moment in discussion and it, it would normally end with a hug or some kind of touch gesture to kind of solidify what you're talking about. And um, yeah, it's been difficult. It's I think it depends again on the person individually and how much, you know, some people don't like to hug. Um, I definitely am a touchy person and so it's been very difficult to maintain To maintain that and still feel like you are kind of achieving the same thing with your conversations and things like that.
0: It'll be interesting when things you know no one really knows when it's gonna go back to normal Um, but I feel like there's gonna be those conversations where you're gonna be like hey can I shake your hand or hey can I give you a hug which I mean in general it's nice to ask someone if they can give you a hug when it's maybe in a more professional setting. Um, but it's maybe something that eye contact would have been enough to be able to do those things. But now there's going to have to be that verbal, like, hey, can I get your consent with this?
2: Yeah, I was just going to say that I agree with Christy. We have a lot of clients that are really near and dear to our hearts. And there have been a few circumstances where like, I've been out in the parking lot, and, like, just um, bringing food or medications to a client and we've had that, Oh, I wish I could hug you right now. And it's, it's normally like older women clients that are like that. And it's just, it's hard because you know that like, you don't know who they have at home, like to get that physical touch from. So it's, it's kind of sad because a lot of our clients, like we were their their like point of communication or their like point of touch for the day. And like, they're being deprived of that. And it's, it's a little heartbreaking, but hopefully things do change in the near future so
0: yeah so Victoria can you tell me any um, message you would like to share with listeners to other support staff in Texas um, to veterinarians like what do you think any like encouraging words or anything that people should know being a support staff member Appreciate us. We,
1: we do really hard work. Um, I'm lucky in the fact that I work in a hospital where I don't feel like I'm not appreciated. I know every day when I come to work, I'm appreciated, not only by Chrissy, but our reception team, our doctors, the rest of the staff don't yes. This time is scary, but work with, work with each other. It makes a huge difference to be able to work with everybody on staff and it makes your day so much better when everybody's in a good mood and everybody's working together so just work together that's that's the big message i have
3: and chrissy um i think for me um one please i hope that you know most support staff knows that they are appreciated in some way or another whether they're not seeing that um on a daily basis from their senior management team um Sometimes people just don't express it, but I guarantee you that that there is not a single support staff member here who is not appreciated um, in one way or another by their senior management team, and especially by the clients um, and the patients. So, you know, it's hard times. It's affecting everyone so differently um, with everything going on, um, but just know that you are appreciated. Um for the management teams, I think it's kind of the same thing. Management can go, sometimes goes without thank yous just because it's kind of part of our job to do these things. Um, I am lucky here and I do have um, wonderful staff that are uh, pretty open about um, you know, thanking me for things. And so that's really great, but I've worked in clinics where that's not the case. And I know people right now that are managing in clinics that are not the case. So for the managers out there, um, way to go, keep kicking butt. Um, you know, it's not easy dealing with day-to-day changes and protocol changes. And especially if you've had anyone in your hospital getting sick or been around somebody who's been sick, um, that's obviously been something we've been blessed not to have happen to us directly. Um, but just know that we're out, you know, everybody is appreciative of everyone and how they're handling things. Um, and then, you know, our patients are definitely appreciative of us and that's why we're all in this business to begin with really.
0: Izzy?
2: Um, I would say that just for a blanket statement for everybody that communication is key and that's like all around the board if you're feeling unsafe or unappreciated or just like something isn't feeling right just to be communicating that to whether it be your manager or your team members because a little bit of communication goes a long way and I've really like it's I'm really grateful that our hospital is so great at communication because it has made the situation more bearable.
0: So I'm interested in hearing how this has affected you all personally. So Izzy, could you tell me what it's like um, when you're not working? How how's your life going?
2: Yeah. So I am an introvert. So my life hasn't changed a whole lot because I. I wasn't really going out um, a whole lot anyway. Um, I do live with my boyfriend who is working from home right now, and he is going absolutely stir crazy. Um, I walk in the door and he immediately is like, what did you do today? How was your day at work? Like, who did you talk to? Because he's just not getting out and getting those interactions. Um, I will definitely say I do miss going to breweries because that was like the one thing that I like to do on the weekend. So just like supporting local right now of just like, buying from breweries but unfortunately obviously you can't sit there and drink it so the experience isn't the same but my life surprisingly has not changed a whole lot as i was pretty much a homebody to begin with (laughs) it's funny one of my uh friends from college she works from home and she's she's
0: actually said that she's like my life has not changed at all like i've always been working from home i guess i'm not that social
2: anyway she's like this is my regular life (laughs) Um, kind of funny. Yeah, that's definitely how I feel right now. Everyone else is in a panic. I'm like, this is fine. I've been doing this my whole life anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're like, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, Chrissy. <laughs> um, I
3: think for me, I am a very social person. Um, so I feel like I have been very lucky to still be considered essential and getting out of my house and going to work every day. Um, Both my husband and I are deemed essential, and so we have a three-year-old daughter. We've been very lucky. Her daycare has stayed open with minor changes to their scheduling. Um, So I am very, very happy that I still have to get up and go to work every day. Um, I need to see people and need to have that interaction um, to thrive. Um, So it's been very difficult for me outside of work, um, not getting to see, you know, my friends and have that direct interaction. My birthday's on Sunday. And so, again, I would usually have a get together and it's just been um, a little bit different and difficult at times. But like I said, I think having the ability to have to go to work every day um, has been a saving grace for me personally. Um, so I still get to interact with a lot of people. Um, My husband's an introvert, so it hasn't bothered him at all, but I'm definitely missing um, the social interactions with my friends and family outside of, you know, uh, my household.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, happy early birthday. I know it's not going to be ideal, but hopefully you can celebrate in some way. I know people who have little Zoom birthday calls.
3: Yep. Yeah. So I'll be having one of those with my family back in Houston. Um, and I'll just be having a nice quiet birthday with my daughter and my husband, which is okay. I don't think I've done that yet. So, (laughs)
0: um, okay. And Victoria, what about you?
1: I like to say that I'm an introverted extrovert. I love to be at home with my husband and my son. My son is nine. Um, And my husband is deemed essential, but my husband can work from home. So I'm sure my husband is going slightly stir crazy having been stuck in the house for the last couple of weeks, but he typically doesn't mind. Um, My husband basically is kind of turned into a vampire. So he sleeps mostly during the day um, and then works really late at night. Um, So, you know, not a whole lot has changed. The biggest thing for us was we just adopted our son um, last Friday. And so, North Austin's been a huge part of that for me. I've been with them for five years. And so they have watched my husband and I go through this journey to get to where we were. And we were so looking forward to being able to go to the courthouse and finalize his adoption. Well, that didn't happen because of COVID. So we did a giant Zoom thing and pretty much everybody from the hospital was on the call, friends and family. um, And we were looking forward to doing a big giant party for my son, but that can't happen um, until this is over and done with. So like, we, we miss that part of being able to like really hang out with our friends and do this big party for our son. And my son is going absolutely stir crazy. He doesn't understand like why we can't go to the parks. Um, and for my husband and I were like, man, this is the perfect time to go camping, but you can't go camping right now. Um, and so we're just kind of like, all right, we're kind of ready for it to be over. Um, so that we can get back to some semblance of our normal life, which is, you know, camping and hanging out with our friends. I mean, our only interactions are with each other and my neighbor um, on the off chance that my husband has to go out of town for work. My son goes next door to my neighbor's house. But unfortunately, the daycare he goes to after school, they're full up with the number of kids they can take of the school age. So my son basically has been at home doing um, e-learning. So I've got to become a, um, a teacher and I have a huge appreciation for teachers now because I didn't learn common core math when I was in school. My kids learning to carry the one because that's, that's how I learned it. Yeah. But, um, I do, I do kind of miss like interacting with, with our friends, um, especially um, we have a set of really good friends that we consider an uncle to our son and he truly misses them. and. My son's like, I don't understand. We haven't seen them in like a month and a half. And I'm like, we can't because of COVID. Like, we don't know who's carrying it. And you don't want to get them sick. And they don't want to get you sick. So unfortunately, you're stuck in the four walls of this house unless you want to go ride your bike. Uh, and so he, like, poor kid. He gets really excited to just get in the car. Um, and go, <laughs> even if it's just sitting in the car, um, he's just excited to get in the car or thing, but, um, you know, I, I miss it, but I'm glad that I get to go to work every day and see my coworkers, um, and hang out with them. Cause they're like family to me anyway. I'm with them all the time. So at least i still get to see that part of my family, <laughs> um, every day. So that, you know, not a whole, whole lot's changed for me, but there's been some changes
0: yeah yeah i know because i'm working from home and just being just like walking outside and going for a walk oh wow <laughs> it feels amazing <laughs> um congratulations on the adoption of your son um i'm just curious about a little more about that Maybe you can share a little bit yeah
1: so um in 2015 um my husband and i when we moved from houston to austin um We've actually had two miscarriages and two DNCs. One was actually in October of 19, and the first one was in May of 2015. Um, So after we moved to Austin, we gave it six months and then decided that we were gonna pursue adoption.
0: They worked with Safe Alliance to adopt their son. It was quite a lengthy process, and Victoria and her husband encountered some trials along the way. They fostered children for 18 months with the hope of adopting them, but it didn't work out.
1: They'd been with us for so long and we've been told for so long that we were going to be able to adopt them and it didn't happen. And so it broke our hearts. So we took some time off.
0: They decided in the beginning of 2019 that they just wanted to adopt and not foster to avoid the heartache. In April of 2019, they finally met their son, Roman. They also were in touch with his sister, Aubrey.
1: About a month or two before Roman's adoption, the caseworker asked us how we would feel about adopting his younger sister, Aubrey, which was the original kiddo we went after in the first place. So we said yes.
0: Roman was officially adopted on April 17th, and Victoria and her husband plan on adopting his sister later this year.
1: So North Austin and all of those guys get to see an adoption again in November Um. or December, depending on the day she comes home. Um, so hopefully we'll all be able to go to the courthouse together and not have to do a zoom one, depending on where we
0: are. Um, yeah. but yeah. Well, congratulations again. That's so amazing and such a transformative time in your life and, um, uh, in your son's life, your husband's life and, uh, <laughs> future daughter too. So, yeah, I will say I'm very,
1: very lucky to have Chrissy, um, cause she's a mom too. Um. I have struggled with mom guilt really hard. Um, and Chrissy is the one person at the clinic who understands it. And I can go to her when I'm just having that crappy day and saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know why I feel like this. And she's always there as that shoulder to cry. to. she gives really great advice. Um, even if I don't wanna hear that advice, it's really great advice. And she's always really great about being able to like pull me back in. And you know, even when I feel like the world's worst LDT, you know, she's always there to tell me that I'm doing a great job and that, you know, it's, it's hard to be a mom and be in this field, um, especially when you've dedicated so much of your life to this field. And then you get this new role and you have to figure out how to balance your role as an LVT or as a manager or as a veterinarian to this role of mom. And how do you, how do you make the two meld together? Um, And so Chrissy has been really instrumental for me to have that and go, you know, it's okay to feel like this. It's okay that, you know, you're having a hard time with this, but I'm here for you and we'll do whatever we can to make it easy for you and, you know, easy for the clinic. So I'm, I'm really grateful. I know not many techs or even veterinarians have that from, you know, a manager or even a chief of staff. And I'm really
0: blessed to have that. Oh, Chrissy. <laughs>
3: oh, you're so sweet, Victoria. No, we're, um, we love Victoria. Obviously it's been great to be a part of the journey that she's taken with her husband and now with her son and then her future daughter. Um, so we're just blessed to be able to be a part of that
0: journey with her. Yeah. Well, I wish all of you the best of luck during this time. I know from everyone at TVMA, we thank all of you for the sacrifices you're making um, and just being out there on the front lines. So glad I got to talk with all three of you to get this broad perspective of what it's like. Um, So really thank you again, not just for your time, but for everything you're doing out there. Um, Keep it up.
3: Thank you. Thank you. and everything y'all do for us and veterinarians here in, in Texas.
0: That was Victoria Barton, Chrissy Blystone, and Izzy Friedman from North Austin Animal Hospital talking about what it's like working on the front lines in the midst of the pandemic. One common theme from this episode was gratitude. They touched on how appreciative clients have been from giving them masks to tiny pies and just saying thank you. We hope this episode shined a light on support staff and served as TVMA's own token of appreciation. Thank you for tuning in to Veterinary Vitals. I'm your host, Dina
2: Goldstein.